0: Hey, thanks for joining us for another message from the City Church. We're a local church in Mississauga, Ontario, gathering in community as we move closer to Jesus. We hope this message from our lead pastor, Brent Coulter, encourages you wherever you're joining us from today. Thanks for joining us online today. And, um, you know, as we start this message, it's obviously some very unique circumstances that has brought us to this place. And... um, as we think about where we are as a society and the world and um, a very unique time. And then my daughter was saying to me yesterday, you know, I'm going to tell my grandchildren about this day. It was a very unique day and, and how the week uh, progressed this week and how many changes um, took place just in the world and situations. It was an amazing thing to watch. And I happened to make the mistake of going to the grocery store on Thursday on the way home, which I generally do most days, um, but Thursday afternoon is when they had made the announcement about schools being closed two weeks after March break, and I don't know if you guys had the opportunity to go to the grocery store um, in the last couple of days, but there was this underlying fear, this nervousness that set in. And this is where our faith is so important because we have such a tremendous opportunity right now as individual Christ followers to bring faith and hope and just, just the, the character of God wherever we go because, you know, as I was just waiting in line for my groceries, I could tell the lady in front of me was just very nervous. You know, I tried to make a joke to calm her down. And this is what's great about being a Christ follower is that we can bring the kingdom of God wherever we are. And one of the things that we see in the scripture over and over again when Jesus showed up or an angel showed up, they would always say the very first thing would be fear not. And this is why, you know, the reason why God showed up and would say that to us because our imaginations can run wild. Because here we are in the season, there's a little bit of uncertainty going forward. But what we need to know about God is that wherever this thing goes, that God is with us every step of the way. So it doesn't actually matter where it goes and where it ends up and how the world is different two or three weeks or four weeks from now. We know that God is going to be with us every step of the way. So we don't actually have to be afraid. First John chapter 4, and this is the pre-message before the message. First John chapter 4, four verse 18 says this, There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. And here's the big idea is that love overcomes fear. And what love is it? It is the God kind of love. It is the, the amazing love that God put in Jesus when He sent him to the earth. This is the thing that overcomes. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be nervous about what's coming up because we know God loves us. We know God cares for us. We know that God is on our side. So whatever is coming in the future, we know that God loves us. Man, it, it can set our hearts at ease. We don't have to be afraid. Why? Because He first loved us. So that's the pre-message before the message, and we are just going to start part two of our series that we started last week called Making Room for a Miracle. And so last week, we discussed the very first miracle that we see in the Gospel of John. The Gospel of John is all about um, teaching us about the divinity of Christ that John, who was one of Jesus' closest disciples, he, the, the perfect purpose of his gospel was with the seven miracles that we see in the gospel of John and the seven I am statements, teach us about the divinity of Christ. And we spent time looking at the first miracle last week, turning water into wine. And then we focused on this idea of obedience. And what we're doing in this series, each week we're going to be looking at ways that we can cooperate with the supernatural in our lives, And so last week was all about obedience. If you missed that message, you can catch up online uh, through our podcast and then also through our website. So we're going to continue on today and we're going to be talking about faith. That faith makes room for a miracle in our life. Or faith positions us to receive the power of God. And that's what we discussed last week. That what we're going to be talking about in this series as we look at the Old and the New Testament miracles that these people got themselves into position. And I gave two couple sports metaphors. You know, if you're playing basketball and you're on a team, your coach always tells you to face the ball so that you can be ready if somebody throws you the ball so that you can, you can be in position with your hands out ready to go. You don't want to have your back to the person that has the ball. Or if we're playing hockey and we're on offense and we're in front of the net, we want to have our stick on the ice so that we are ready, we are in position. And it's the same principle that we're talking about in this series, that we want to be in position. We want to be at the right place, at the right time, saying the right things with the same attitude, and that's what we're discussing in this series. So, when we talk about the supernatural, sometimes we think about the spectacular, but the supernatural isn't necessarily spectacular. Sometimes we can miss the supernatural by looking for the spectacular. For looking something sort of grandiose or super big, you know, my, one of my Bible school instructors told us this story about somebody like this who was, you know, looking for the supernatural but looking for some spectacular thing to happen. And they told the story like this that, you know, they were at a certain place in a certain town and there was some heavy rains and there was some flooding that was forecast, you know, on the news. And so there started, you know, as the rain came down and they were up, you know, on their porch... And the rain was just, you know, getting a little bit higher and wasn't quite on the porch yet. And somebody drove by and said, hey, you know, come on and jump in my car, there's, there's flooding coming. And the person from their porch said, no, no, God is going to save me. God is going to take care of me. And then the rain started to get a little bit higher and the flooding, you know, started to get a little bit higher and it kind of went up above the porch and it started to seep into their house. And then somebody who was, you know, leaving town or trying to get out, they were coming by in their boat. And they saw the person, you know, in their houses, hey, come on in and jump on our boat. You know, the the flooding is only going to get worse. And, you know, they shouted from the inside of their house, no, no, God is going to save me. So the flooding got higher and higher and so much so that this, this individual is now on the roof of their house. The flooding had got so high that they had to, you know, escape to the roof of their house. And all of a sudden a helicopter came by. And they shouted down from the helicopter with a megaphone, like, hey, we wanna save you. We're gonna throw down a rope to you. And they shouted back up to them in the helicopter, no, it's okay. God is gonna save me. And so, sadly, in this story, the person died, didn't heed any of the, the calls to anybody going by, and they got up to heaven. And they said, the person showed up to heaven. God and said, God, I, I thought I had faith in you, and I kept on telling people you were gonna save me. So, what happened? God responds, I sent a car, I sent a boat, I sent a helicopter. Sometimes we miss the supernatural looking for the spectacular. And when we look back in our lives, we see the amazing supernatural things God does for us and the connections that he makes and the relationships that he creates for us. And those things are supernatural. So this is our expectation is that we want to expect the miraculous in every area of our life. We want to be open. We want to make room. We want to be in position for what God wants to do in our lives. Now, just to define the word miracle just means a supernatural event. It means a divine act. It means an anomaly, something outside of the ordinary. Transcending the ordinary powers of nature in the Scripture. In the Old Testament and New Testament, we see miracles of healing, which we're going to be talking about today. Miracles of provision, miracles of timing, and really, what we need in the moment is the most miraculous thing. It would be the most important thing to us. Like we saw last week in turning the water into wine, that really wasn't that big of a deal. It wasn't, you know, a life and death situation. But for this for this family and for this marriage event, it was a pretty big deal. And each of us have pretty big deals in our life, and we need and we should want God to show up in these areas. So the source of any miraculous or anything like that we would experience in our lives, we would see this idea right from the beginning, from the book of Genesis, that God shows up and he creates things with his word. He shows up and he says something, he declares something, that he created the world with his words. And he makes a declaration about his provision in our lives. And the question is for us, what should we do with the provision God declares or God says that he wants us to have, what should we do when he declares something in our lives? So we're gonna be looking at two different uh, miraculous healings in the ministry of Jesus. Now we have 19 different individuals that got healed in the ministry of Jesus. Now he he healed masses sometimes and groups of people, but we have detail about 19 individuals. Sometimes we know their names, sometimes we know where they were from, we find out what the details of their conditions were. And then when we, when we look at all of these cases and we break them down, 10 of the 19 actually mention faith specifically. We see it or we see it implied. So what we could say that faith is a pretty important thing as it relates to the miraculous healing power of God in our lives. Now, when we think about faith, the word faith, we would want to define it like this. It means trust in. Trust in God. It means reliance on, relying on God. And then being persuaded about who God is. Let me say that again. Faith means trust in God. That I have, because I know his character and I know who he is, I can actually put my trust in him for every day, all of the time. Because he's a trustworthy God, he's a trustworthy friend. And then faith is also... Reliance, I, I can rely on him. We, we can think of friends that we have and you know you think, well, can I trust this friend to do this? I'm like, Ugh, I'm not sure. Maybe they show up late all the time or whatever it might be. And, and it's the same way with God, that we can actually rely on God, that he is always there. And the last thing is being persuaded about who God is, what his character is, what his nature is. And that's what we have faith in, not just healing as a thing, That we have faith in a God who heals. We're persuaded that this is his nature. And this is what we see over and over again in the ministry of Jesus. Jesus was famous for healing people. Even people who don't believe in Jesus or believe that he would be the son of God. they, They would know that Jesus would be famous for healing. And so we want to have that same faith. We want to have trust in him. We want to rely on him. And then we want to be persuaded about who he is. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says this, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. The most important thing I want to emphasize, that is now. Now faith is. Faith is present tense. And this is the only time that we can live by faith is right now. The scripture says that we should walk by faith and that we should live by faith. When are we going to do that? When are we called to do that right now in this moment? That we would put our faith in God, that we would rely on him, that we would trust in him, that we would be persuaded about who he is. And faith puts us into position to receive the miraculous. Faith puts us into position to receive the power of God. And we can see this in the two stories we're going to look at today. Now, the very first story is found in the book of uh, Matthew chapter 8 you guys have your devices, if you guys have your devices at home, you should have a paper Bible at home. Let's turn over in our Bibles today and look at this story, Matthew chapter 8. And this is the story of the healing of the centurion's servant. Let's just read about it here. Matthew 8 verse 5. It says, when he had entered Capernaum, a centurion came forward to him, appealing to him, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, terribly suffering, suffering terribly. And he said to him, Jesus answered, I will come and heal him. But the centurion replied, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. But only say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. And I I say to one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed... Those who followed him, truly I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. I tell you, you may come from the east and the west and recline at the table with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, while the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And to the centurion, Jesus said, Go, let it be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was healed at that very moment, such an amazing story. So there's this centurion, uh, the scripture would tell us a, a Roman soldier. In other words, somebody who wasn't of Jewish descent or somebody who maybe they would say at the time didn't have a covenant with God. They hadn't grown up in Jewish school. They didn't know necessarily about the Jewish scriptures. But this centurion knew something about the character and nature and, of Jesus. He had heard maybe something about other healings that Jesus had done and so he came to Jesus is a very simple request Uh, my servant is sick and we know that you heal people so what am I gonna do hey would you just come and would you heal my servant you know no religious pretense trying not trying to put on a show necessarily and just just coming to Jesus with a very simple request and then Jesus said okay I'll, I'll come and heal him but the centurion had this very interesting reply he said Lord I am not worthy. Now, this wasn't some sort of fake humility. He was just realizing actually who Jesus was. And then he said, like, I'm not worthy for you to, to come to my house. But then he said this, but say, but only say the word. And then he gave this illustration about, you know, I, I'm somebody who has authority. And I say to people, go and go and they, and they go and come and come and do this. And that he would give them instructions. And it's the same way that he realized Jesus had authority over sickness and disease. Don't come under my roof, but hey, just say the Word. Just say something. Just faith in the Word of God, the things that God would declare about our lives. Do we have faith in those things? Do we put our trust in what God is saying? And what was a big deal for Jesus is that this guy, once again wasn't a Jew he didn't have the information that maybe the disciples had he didn't have the same religious upbringing and this was a really big deal because in verse 10 it says when Jesus heard this he marveled and he said to those around him and he said this truly I tell you with no one in Israel no one who already had the proper teaching nobody who had the right religious upbringing have I found such faith There's this amazing moment that Jesus is listening to this guy's faith. This guy's faith is on display. And then he turns to his disciples and he takes a moment and he's like, wait, I want to teach you guys something right now. This is faith. What this guy said about me, he's got reliance on me. He's got trust in me. He believes that my word has power. And he's like, I haven't seen anybody in Israel. And then kind of what he's saying is you guys don't have this much faith. You guys don't express, and you're my disciples. He was amazed. He He was marveling at his faith. And if Jesus is making a big deal about faith, we should know that faith is a big deal. This realization that this guy had, that Jesus had authority over sickness and disease, and the centurion had faith in that idea, in that notion. You don't, you, don't, you, don't, you don't even have to come, Jesus. Just say the word. I have faith in what you say. Jesus turned and he taught them about faith. And then what was the end of the story? He said, go. Let it be done for you as you have believed. What an amazing thought that is. Now we know specifically that it is actually the healing power of God. God's power That would heal an individual. Now, we all have a measure of healing that God has put in our bodies. And we know this because we've all cut our hand at some point or had some sort of injury. And then what happens? The skin heals up. But here, in in this story, and what we've been talking about, miraculous hearing power, it would be power beyond that. Power beyond the healing power that's already naturally in our body. And then Jesus says something. He say, what did he say? Just an amazing thought. Go, let it be done for you as you have believed. In a sense, Jesus is giving credit to the faith, the faith that this guy has, that the faith that this guy has put his servant in position, made room for his servant to receive the healing power of God. Why? Because he believed something. What does he believe? He, he, he believed that he could rely on God. He believed that he could trust in God. He he believed what God had declared, what God had said, and what he saw in the life and ministry of Jesus. Such an important thought because we want to do this. We want to get ourselves in position. We want to make room in our lives to experience a miraculous thing like this. So faith recognizes the authority of Jesus' word. Jesus made a big deal about his faith. And then what we would see... In the idea of faith, that the faith that Jesus celebrated in this centurion actually made a difference for his servant. Not that he just had faith, but the faith that he had actually made a difference in the body of his servant. Another famous story we would see here in Mark chapter 5. Another miraculous healing. And this one is, this is called the healing of the woman with the issue of blood. Mark chapter five, verse 25, and it says this. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years and who had suffered under many physicians and had spent all that she had, but was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard the reports about Jesus. So here's somebody who had been having a difficult physical time for 12 years. And very similar to the other story, The centurion obviously had heard something about Jesus that he could do miraculous healings. Here, this woman had been suffering in a very terrible situation. And it said that she heard something about Jesus. Listen to what the story continues to tell us. And came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I touch even his garments, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up, and she felt in her body that she, that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out of him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, who touched my garments? And then his disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing against you, and yet you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him. And told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. Again, the same idea. We see the story that she came up behind Jesus. And what did she do? Jesus, would you pray for me? No, she didn't even say that. Could you believe that? She didn't even ask for anything. She just came and she touched his garment. And then the scripture says that Jesus felt that actually something went out of his body. The power of God contained in the body of Jesus actually left. And so we know it was the power of God that changed her life, changed the situation that she was in for 12 years. How many of you know 12 years is a really long time to be sick, to have a really difficult thing going on? It's just, you know, year after year. And then, you know, she was going to all these doctors. And how many you know the doctors back then are not like doctors today? And you know, the, the, the remedies that they had back then were to actually do bloodletting. Like they would cut your skin to let more blood out because they thought letting out the bad blood. But she was already losing blood. And so any doctor she would go to would be like, hey, let's let out some blood. And I was like, no, this is not going to solve the problem. And she had spent all of her money on this situation. But then she came to Jesus and in that moment, the power of God changed her life forever. But what was, what, what was the starting place for her? She heard about Jesus. Now, she heard about Jesus, but she didn't just stop there. She actually put her faith in Him in that moment. So much so that she left her house. And, you know, somebody who had this type of disease back then was actually not permitted to leave their house. They, because they thought there was maybe a contagion there, similar to what we're going through right now. So she, wasn't, she was in quarantine, not able to leave her house. <laughs> but then the scripture said, what? Well, she just came in the press behind. She came behind in this group of people. And obviously she was crawling on the ground because it, she said she touched the hem of his garment. So she's right there on the ground. She didn't even touch his foot, just his clothes, the hem of his garment. And right in that moment, Jesus sensed that power went out of his body. And then he said, he asked the question, well, well who touched me? And G- uh, The disciples responded, well, Jesus, everybody's touching you. That's, you're walking through the crowd. And, you know, Jesus was like a superstar. He had done all of these things. But no one else in that moment, their touch wasn't doing anything for them. There was no other healing in this story except hers. Why she heard about Jesus. And she said, man, if I, if I could just touch his clothes. What is that? That's faith. I, I believe that you are who you say you are. I, I can put my trust in you. I, I believe what you have declared. I believe what you have, what you're standing for, Jesus. So Jesus finally finds out who she was, she came down and she told, maybe she thought she was gonna be in trouble about, for receiving this healing. She told the whole truth. And then verse 34, he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Now we know it was the power that left Jesus' body that did the healing. We already know that, we see that in the story. Well, who touched me? You no, know, somebody really touched me. But when Jesus is teaching it to people and he's showing them what happened, that her faith made room for her miracle, that her faith got her in position to receive the power of God, that she actually believed that Jesus was who he said he was, that that she could rely on him, that she could trust in his word. She came and she just touched the hem of his garment. Jesus said, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. Faith is ready to receive what God gives. When God gives something, we should trust in and believe in it. God, what what do I see in your word? What do you declare over my life that you want me to have and to experience? And the miraculous comes in when we put ourselves in position and we just kind of say, okay, God, I believe it. I believe what you say. I trust what you say about me. I trust the declaration that you have made over my life. I rely on, I put my trust in who you are and what you say. And so we see these two people, we had their lives changed. Why? Because of faith. Faith gets you in position. Faith makes room for a miracle. Now, when we think about faith and putting our trust in God, in that same moment when we're receiving something, we're also resisting something else. We're receiving what God would have for us, but we're actually pushing against something that we would believe is not the will of God for our lives. See this woman who was sick 12 years in a really bad situation, see what could happen to her and could happen to any of us. We could just think in this moment where it's really hard for a really long time, we might just think, well, I guess God wants me to have this. I guess this is God's will for my life. No, she believed something else and it caused her to get up and move. And then Jesus said, what? Daughter, your faith, your faith has made you whole. Your faith has made a difference, but it's pushing against that other thing. See, there's nobody right now out in the world that's like, you know what? Just COVID-19 me up, right? Nobody's like saying, I want it. What is everybody doing? Everybody is resisting it. Everybody is pushing against it. No, not this thing. And this will be true for anything in our lives. The things that come against us, the things that steal, kill, and destroy for us, from us, as we would see in John chapter 10. Those are the things that are coming against us. faith resists those things and then receives what God says, faith gets us in position. Faith makes room for the miraculous power of God in our lives. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12 says this, fight the good fight of faith. In other words, it's a fight. It's a challenge to live in faith. It's a challenge to say all of the time, God, I rely on you. Why? Because circumstances come against us. And things are hard and things are difficult and things are a struggle. But in the middle of that, we're choosing to believe something else. We're choosing to believe what God has said about us, not just the circumstances, not just the things that we see in our lives. So what are we going to do? We're going to fight the good fight of faith, that I'm going to rely on God, even though my circumstances say this, I push against this, and I receive what God has for me. Fight the good fight of faith, take hold of eternal life, to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. What does it say? Take hold. Take hold of eternal life. Man, that is the fight. In the midst of contradiction, in the midst of something that's been a certain way for a really long time, in the midst of that pressure, then we push back and we say, God, I wanna take hold of what you have for me. I wanna take hold of eternity with you. What you have eternally declared about my life. God, that's the thing that I want to take hold of. That's what that woman did. That's what the centurion did. There was these negative circumstances, but they chose to take hold of something else. How did they do it? By faith. They relied on and trusted him and were persuaded about who he was Last verse here in 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 says this: For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Persuaded about who he is. Man, overcome. What does that mean? I gotta resist. I gotta push back against the thing that aren't the will of God for me. I gotta push against the sickness and disease. Why? Because I I wanna make room for a miracle. I'm not laying down to the circumstances, to the negative circumstances, to the things that the enemy brings my way. I'm not gonna lay down to those things. What am I gonna do? Man, I'm gonna experience victory. I'm gonna experience the victory that Jesus has. What are we doing? We're believing that Jesus is the son of God. What is that? It's faith, it's trust in, it's reliance on, As persuaded that He is the Son of God. And through the Son of God, He has made a declaration about our lives. He has said something about us. Are we gonna believe what He said about us? Or are we just gonna lay down on the circumstances? No, man, we're gonna fight the good fight. We're gonna resist the things from the world. We're going to resist the things that are coming against us The things that are making us sick The things that are oppressing us The things that are putting us down We're going to resist those things God, I put my faith in you I put my trust in what you've said I know that you are the son of God I know that your character and nature Is that of a healing God So I put my trust in you Let's just pray today Father God, we're so thankful for your word We're so thankful, Lord For the understanding of who you are that Jesus, as he walked the earth, that he was famous for miraculous healing. So God, today, we open up our heart and we push against any sickness and disease that comes our way. We resist that, but we receive what you have for us. God, we receive your healing power today, the same power that, that rested on Jesus when he walked the earth, the same power that dwells on the inside of us. God, we just thank you for your healing power today that your healing power is greater than any pain, any sickness and disease, any brokenheartedness. God, you can come in and you can change people's hearts today. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now, as we finish this online experience, maybe there's somebody watching online today, you have never taken a first step in your relationship with God by saying yes to Jesus. The gospel, the good news, is all about moving closer to Jesus. And that's why we exist as a church. So if today you have never said yes to Jesus, never made Jesus the Lord of your life, we're gonna pray a prayer. Those of us in this room today, we're gonna pray it out loud. And wherever you're watching from today, you pray along with us as well to say yes to Jesus. Or maybe you're watching and you kind of feel like, you know, at one time you used to be a part of church when you were allowed to go to church. And, but you know, something maybe happened. Maybe you got hurt. Maybe, maybe some difficult situation and you kind of feel distant from God today. You know that God is not mad at you. God invites you close to himself. You pray along with us as well today. So let's all bow our heads and close our eyes. God, guys, let's p- pray this out loud together. God, today we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he came and lived a sinless life and he died on a cross and you raised him from the dead so that I could know you. So God, today I call you my Father. Jesus, I call you my Lord. I receive the gift of a relationship with you. I receive your righteousness. I thank you for salvation today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, if that is you today and you are watching us online, we would actually love to to know about it. If you uh, DM us on our Instagram or if you email us at info at thecitychurch.com. We would actually love to send you some materials uh, to affirm the choice that you have made today, but we celebrate with you. But also when we are allowed uh, to gather together as a church physically, we invite you to come and be part of our church family. Uh, Our service times are at nine and 11 whenever we are allowed to meet again. Keep watching on social media for updates along those lines. Thanks for watching today. Have a great day. Thank you for taking the time to listen in. Be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for other messages. For more content from The City Church or to connect with us, visit us at thecitychurch.ca or find us on Facebook or Instagram at CityChurchGTA. Thanks again for joining us.